Hello everyone, good morning, welcome to 87 Let It with your host Vince. Unfortunately our other host Sev isn't with us today. Um, we're going to do a revisited version of this episode later with him. But today I want to go over with you the best mods for the beginner car enthusiast. Now this is going to be a subjective list, not everyone is going to agree with this. Um, this is just my personal idea of what you should do. Uh, if you are a beginner car enthusiast and you're looking to build or modify a car. So, let's start out with the things that you should do, you should not do, rather, if you just bought your first car and you want to modify it. So, immediately when I said that sentence, the first thing that probably came into your head was the 16-year-old with the Honda Civic. Oh, excuse me. The 16-year-old with the Honda Civic who uh, just bought it, and it has like 300,000 miles on it. He cut off the muffler. Oh, man, I had like horrible, horrible heartburn this morning. Man. Uh, who just cut off the, the muffler and now thinks he has a race car. Let's not do that. Um, so if you're looking at a first car, or even if you're older, if you're in your 20s, 30s, and you're getting ready to buy your first sports car, and you want to do modified, the first thing to do is always basic bolt-ons, learn how to drive the car. The biggest issue, the biggest mistake that you can make as a new, a new car enthusiast is to build a car that you cannot drive. And what I mean by that is, and we, we actually see that a lot around here, there's a lot of Subaru enthusiasts in this part of the country. We live in the northeastern part of the United States. Subaru is like the only way to live up here. And the issue that we see is we see people, including myself, who built a car that had too much horsepower um, with not enough skill, and the issue ultimately ended up becoming the driver. Now, I'm not talking about a 1,000 horsepower, too much power. I'm talking about too much power for the skill level of the driver. So, for me, I was driving 330 to the wheels, and I was not skilled enough to drive that car to the absolute max on the street. Now, um, I ended up blowing the engine up before I wrecked the car, but there were several instances when I was not capable of handling the power the car could put down. And you might say, Vince, that's not even a lot of power. That's like nothing. Well, that's true. But I've only been in the car industry, the, only, the, the car scene for about five years, and two of those five years have actually been working on cars now i've gained an incredible amount of experience in that time but i'm also smart enough to know that unless you can drive the car to the max on stock power you probably shouldn't be trying to drive it to the max on double stock power so with that being said first modifications should always be handling um and safety wheels and tires are always a good a good place to start um they're good they look good um, and the tires are always, always better aftermarket than stock. Very, very rarely are, are tires a good option to stay with, especially if you're going to be driving it hard. Now with that, all that in mind, let's look at wheel tire setups are the best way to go. And what I would recommend, and this is from someone who's learned is learn how to drive the car on good wheels and tires drive it to the max, learn how to safely drive it to the max, and after you're comfortable driving to the max, start doing upgrades. And one thing, and we'll go over this in another episode as well, when you sit down and talk to Zev, Zev is the fastest driver I know. 
and it's not because he drives the fastest car. So we, we run um, Road Rally, and we run with a lot of people who have a lot of fast cars. Zev has a fast car. Is it the fastest car in the fleet? Absolutely not, but he drives faster than every single one of them. There is a huge difference between a fast car and a fast driver, okay? A fast driver can take a slow car and set a good lap time. A fast car in the hands of an unskilled driver ends up in a wreck. Something to keep in mind. So, with that being said, learn how to drive the car to its max. Ring it out. Learn how to drive it to its max. Once you can do that, start doing upgrades. Now, with that being said, there are things that you can do before you hit that max power. So, I'm not talking about don't do absolutely anything to it except wheels and tires and then... And then once you're comfortable with it, start throwing bolt-ons on. I understand. I understand that. I'm not saying do that. All I'm saying is is that don't don't try and do a full motor build or a turbo swap before you can drive that car at its max. I understand. Um, you know, exhaust exhaust doesn't really do much for your horsepower um, until it, it, you get performance gains that aren't necessarily reflected in horsepower, specifically with with Subaru. Um, some of them you, you can. I mean, there might be a small bump in power, but nothing that's going to be over, egregiously over the top. Um, so my recommendation would be do basic bolt-ons um, and a, a good off-the-shelf tune and then go from there um, would be my recommended uh, my, my recommendation. Um, oh, no. Okay, so sorry about that. I had a text come in, but um, from there, uh, a lot of things that I would do, like the first, the first bolt-ons, kind of vary depending on what kind of car that you own. So it generally the first, the first thing to do is wheel tire, um, play around with the car, kind of figure out what you want, what direction you want to go, um, and start saving. So the issue, what I did when I first got my car was I drove it around and I kind of did some research and I figured out, you know, what the best first modification was to do. Um, now, hypocritically, I didn't go with wheels and tires until um, after I'd already done a turbo swap, which was a mistake. I regret doing that. Um, my first, now the first, the first thing that you should do is for Subarus, specifically for Subaru, is get uh, an access port, then wheel and tires. Um... Subaru engines are finicky, and the more that you can monitor them, the better. Um, so the first modification for a Subaru should always, always be an access port and then wheel and tire. Um, anybody else that you go with, I think a flip it, um, wheel and tire, and then go from there. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, a lot of people will disagree with me on that. That's okay. Um, so moving on past the uh, the the first modification should always be wheel and tire unless you drive a, a, a Subaru. And then that should be second. Um, past that, I would do suspension setup. So basically, I'm talking for, again, and th this is Subaru because this is what I know about Subarus. This is what I've done on Subarus. Uh, the first thing I would recommend is coilovers and uh, coilovers, uh, sway bars, stuff like that. So get get the get the, uh, the chassis tight. Um don't don't do um what are they called the uh the braces for the top the uh 
Everyone runs them and they're useless. Um, so run run sway bars and run chassis bracing uh, on the bottom. Do not run the um, the bracing on the top. It's not going to work for you. Uh, it's just going to stiffen out the car. Uh, if you like if you like it super stiff, then go for it. For me personally, I wouldn't recommend. It's kind of a cheap look good thing more than it is a performance option. So uh, I would go with a uh, strut tower brace. Don't go with a strut tower brace, but do go with. Uh, some chassis bracing in the bottom, especially with the hatches, they're a little, uh, for me, they're a little wobbly. Uh, so I like to stiffen up the center and uh, remove the front um, brace and do that. So chassis bracing, full suspension setup, stuff like that. That would be the way to go. Um, so what you're doing is you're essentially, you're getting the car in a position where it's going to handle really, really well. And that's what makes it fun to drive. So, um, which brings me into the the power aspect of it. So once once you have your chassis bracing in a, a suspension setup, it doesn't have to be anything serious. Like you can do um, white line sway bars. Uh, even some some suspensions better than others. I, I like the Racelands. Uh, Fortune Auto is is the brand that you should go with. If you're looking for a budget option, Raceland is the way to go. They are stiff, but if you like a stiff ride, that's okay. They're very 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 hard dampening, so it, it is a little bouncy. But I really like them. Um, just something to go with um they it's something that i would recommend doing first a suspension and then going to power because what that allows you to do is that allows you to drive the car at its absolute maximum before you throwing before you throw power in it if you're familiar with the way the car handles at its max throwing power into it becomes a significantly safer idea with that being said power modifications are very difficult because every engine every manufacturer is different so if you're looking at Honda and you're looking at like the K series, you can throw a ridiculous amount of power at a stock K series and you're not going to have any issues. Um, you can do turbo kits. Uh, we saw pro charger kits. You can do anything you want to a K series and it'll probably eat it. Um, EJ motors are a little bit more finicky. Um, if you're going to do anything more than bolt-ons and a tune, you have to go to a forge block. It's unfortunate. It's expensive to build Subarus. But it is a very, very worthwhile thing. That also brings me into the point of what are you doing with it? Um, if you have a daily driver, you don't want a 500 horsepower daily. Um, especially if you do what I do when you're traveling two or 300 miles a day for work in your daily driver. 500 horsepower, you're not going to have that car very long. Especially if you're in a Subaru. It's just the way that it is. They're not designed for it, especially when you're pushing that much uh, over um, forge blocks, you only get forty or fifty thousand miles. A hundred thousand miles to take care of it. Excuse me, but that's it. With that, so if you're going to modify your car, make sure you know what you want to do with it. If you want a fun daily, bolt ons and a tune. If you want race car, then that's totally different. Um, so it really depends. Like with again, and with cars like Miatas, um, Miatas are fun they're just underpowered so they're definitely you know throw a turbo on it you can throw uh, a small very small turbo um on it and get a nice little bump in power that makes the car a little bit more fun to drive you can do again if you're looking at the k series forced induction they love forced induction they love to make power they can do it very easily k series high compression motor on e85 absolutely um subarus don't particularly care for e85 as much um but they still benefit from it, and it's something I'd still recommend doing. Um, 
if you are a Subaru owner, uh, turbo swaps are going to be the first idea for power build because everything in the Subaru lineup, with the exception of a few things, bolts right in. Um, so my first power model, my WRX, past bolt-ons, was um, I just went from a TDO4 turbo, which is what's stock on the WRX, and I went to the VF52, which is on the 2012 and up WRXs, um, until you hit the uh, the new the new chassis design. So, and it was on the STI as well. So it bolts right in, it drops right in, um, everything's in the exact same place, and you get significantly. Not, I mean, you get you do get more power out of it. Um, I wouldn't do that for too long, and if you are, make sure you have a good tuner. Uh, tuning is everything. So if you're a Subaru guy and you want your first power mod, turbo swap is the way to go. It's simple, it's easy, it doesn't take very long, and they bolt right up, and it's a Subaru OEM part. So that's pretty cool. Um, if you're doing anything else, really, uh, LS, LS you can do pretty much whatever you want with. Um, so Corvette, some of the Camaros, stuff like that. Um you can throw pretty much anything you want on. Uh, tuning's a big thing for them. You can open them up pretty good with a good tune. Um, so power mods are the big thing. Uh, if you can do whatever you want, uh, turbo swaps, forced induction, motor builds, you can do whatever you want. And it doesn't matter if you don't have a good tuner. Um, there are Tuning is everything for any car that you buy. You can throw $20,000 in modifications, and if you have a guy that's going to butt-dyno it, it's going to explode. Get a good tuner. Tuning is everything. I don't care if you're on bolt-ons. I don't care if you're doing forced induction. I don't care if you have a $150,000 engine build with God's turbos on it. If you don't have a tuner that can do it, you are wasting your money. You are wasting your time. You are going to make a big explosion happen, and you are going to go home with all your rods, all of your connecting rods sitting in your passenger seat. It's it get a good tuner. If you get anything from this episode, get a good tuner. If you're a Subaru guy, if you're a Subaru guy, RT tuning, IAG. Don't take it to anybody else. Get a good tuner. It just get a good tuner um i i keep saying it but that is the most important part of any power build that you do is having a good tuner and tuners sometimes can make a lot out of a little not all the time but sometimes and what i mean by that is if you have a good enough tuner they can get power out of small modifications and do it safely so for the Subaru guys or anybody running on an access port, so that's Focus, Porsche, uh, Ford, Porsche, Subaru, uh, Volkswagen. The off-the-shelf maps from Cobb are not designed to be a long-range map. Get a professional tune. If you have Stage 2 and you're on uh, for Subaru, and this is more Subarus, if you have downpipe, intake, full exhaust, injectors, Get a real tune. Okay, I'm done. So, on top of that, you want to make sure that you're safe. Know the direction that you want to go. If you want a full race car, 
build the car to be a full race car. Do an engine build, get proper forced induction, talk to people who have done it before. If you're into K-Series and you want to build a Honda race car, go talk to other people that have built Honda race cars. They're going to give you the best information. If you want to build a race car Subaru, get a forged motor. For the love of God, do not run a race car on a stock motor. The only exception to this is probably the stock RA blocks in the 2019 and 2020 STIs. Those are the only other things that I would be able to, I could tell you, maybe on a stock block, maybe, but still go to a forged block. Forged internals when you're building a race car are the are paramount. So with that said, know the direction that you want to go and build the car accordingly. The third, so you have your suspension and chassis bracing, okay? You have your power build. The, by this time, you should know where you want to go with the car, what kind of power you want, and the best on how to do it, okay? That's up to you. Do all the research, figure out what you want to do, and build accordingly. Three, the most important, get a tuner, a good tuner. And four, safety. For the race car guys that actually race their cars on racetracks, safety is mandatory by most of the tracks that you visit. Depending on the class that you're racing in and depending on uh, where you're racing is going to depend on what your safety features are. Uh, most of them have a tech inspection before they allow you to run on the track. Um, and depending, I know if you run SCCA um, and you're doing uh, autocross or rallycross, they have separate tech inspections for both. So make sure you're safe. If you have th 350 horsepower is not a lot of horsepower. But that's when you should start doing brakes. That's when you should start doing brake lines, upgrading calipers, that kind of stuff. Make sure that if you're on the racetrack, harnesses, cage or harness bar. Five points, not four points. If you put four points in, you're going to have a bad time. Five-point harnesses. If you're in on the track, I know a lot of people... I, I know a lot of tracks do require that for anything above 100 miles an hour. You have to have five-point harnesses. Um, it, be safe. Bucket seats. Good seats. Spend money. Spend the extra money. Put good seats in. It is a safety thing. It could potentially save your life. Um, and depending on what you're doing depends on on your level of safety measures but i would recommend either way even if you're not going full race car and you're just going daily brakes and brake lines pads rotors calipers and lines the whole braking system redo it um it's it's worth it they are they it it just trust me <laughs> aftermarket brakes are the bee's knees uh especially when you have access to companies like willwood and brembo and um, companies like that that offer you those those higher quality brakes. Do you spend more for them? Absolutely. But it's phenomenal. They work really, really good, especially if you're driving your car hard. Brake fitted becomes a very scary thing. Safety is your number one priority over everything. Okay? So kind of just review before we get out of here, just kind of a quick run through of everything that we went over. Um... Know what you want to do with the car. Do basic steering, suspension, handling components first. Learn how to drive the car hard. 
After you're comfortable driving the car hard, you're comfortable with the way the car handles, start doing power mods. Forced induction, motor builds. This is when you start actually transforming the car into the direction that you want to go. If you want to go race car, build it for race car. If you want to do kind of a race car for the streets, which is what I have, you go that direction as well. Third, most importantly, get a good tuner. Any power mod that you do requires tuning. Get it tuned, get it tuned right, make it work the right way. You spent the money, now spend the time. Fourth, most importantly out of everything, make it safe. Anything that you do, you don't want to risk your life doing it. And if you are going to risk your life, make sure you're doing it with the proper precautions in place. And five, most importantly, enjoy spending time with your friends building cars. The relationships that you'll build in this community are unlike anything, any other relationship you'll find anywhere. It's amazing. Go to car meets, show off what you've done, be proud of the work that you've done, and enjoy the entire treat that is the car community. So... With that being said, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. There wasn't really a whole bunch to it uh, because it was just me. Uh, but I hope that you enjoyed the episode. If you guys have any questions, let me know. Um, and from there, uh, I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in. And, again, we will be doing a uh, – we will revisit the subject with Zev at some point. So with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful day. Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you next time.